This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's go! What's up, everyone? Welcome to Bingetown TV. My name is Jim, and I'm joined by my co-host, Brian, and we finally made it to the finale of Beacon 23. Today, we cover Season 1, Episodes 7 and 8, and we have a lot to talk about. But first, as always, a little housekeeping. If you're listening from our Silo or Beacon 23 feed and you're not familiar with our other podcast coverage, then we just want to remind you that we cover so many other different TV shows and we would love to have you as a listener for those as well. And besides Beacon 23, we're also covering Reacher, Jujutsu Kaisen, and A Murder at the End of the World. Coming up very soon, we have the live-action adaptation of Yu Yu Hakusho, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, and True Detective Season 4. So what I'm trying to say, like I always do, is that we cover a lot of TV and we want you all to come for the ride. All you have to do is search Town TV on any of your favorite podcast apps or check us out at BingetownTV.com. So, Brian, we are here. Our journey has apparently been completed, and it seems like it's not even close to actually being completed. I want to hear your thoughts. What are you thinking? I can't really define it. And before we got on the mics, I was looking at the Reddit, which has only like 350 some people, a loud right. and proud community, those, those right. Beacon 23 years. But they were all just like, I can't define this show into anything. I don't really like get it. Would reading the, the short stories give me more context? I feel like I'm missing something. I will say, I think you have to evaluate this in the context of it did get greenlit for a season two. And this is very much a finale that's like... Hey, come for the real answers next season. So I I don't know. There's a lot to like about this show. It's well acted. The special effects are surprisingly good for a new streaming platform, but I kind of have to agree with what I saw from the community. I, I don't really 100% get it. I think Lena Headey is her star power is probably what is keeping people coming back. Um, yeah, I, I don't think anybody has anything bad to say about it, but this finale, we got no answers. So it wasn't very satisfying and they didn't even give us like a little morsel to tide us over it. And I mean, the absolute final scene, you know, the big reveal Aster is bleeding out. It's like, that's the biggest question of them all. What's going to happen with that? So yeah, it just wasn't very satisfying. Yeah. So if this show wasn't greenlit for season two and already filmed for season two, I would never tell anybody to ever watch it. And in a vacuum, I would never tell anybody to watch this season because you don't get anything from it. You don't get any answers. Yeah. You can, you know, you can watch it and say, okay, you know, this is a fun watch if you want. But what I'm saying is 
it's the total opposite of what I said about Silo when Silo was coming, and I'm not going to spoil anything because I know you'll eventually be watching it, but the big thing about Silo was there were so many questions, so many mysteries, so many theories, and you felt confident that even though there's so much left unanswered, they gave you enough answers at the end of season one where, where you were like, okay, I get it. Like, I, I got something that, where I feel good about this. This did not do this at all for us. I mean, I love Lena Headey. I love all the actors. I thought all the actors did great. I mean, great. <laughs> we had a little cameo from Robin from The Boys, if you recognized her. She, Is that, that Saldana? Was, yeah. 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 A She's very different a, character. Yes, yes. But um, <laughs> the acting was good. The The story, the, you know, we, we were giving props to the individual episode stories. Like we've mm-hmm. been saying this entire season, the individual episodes in a vacuum, for the most part, as like their own stories were pretty good, but they just added and added and added more questions, and so did this finale. And I wonder if MGM Plus is going to do something unprecedented or a little weird here where it's greenlit, it's filmed, maybe you drop it way quicker than a normal streaming service would drop a season two. That would I- be cool. I thought I saw that it had a release date that was like kind of earliest to mid 2024, which would be awesome. This is the first time hearing that it's already filmed season two, but that would make sense. And given the nature of this season, our biggest complaints are there is no resolution. Yeah, do it like how, I don't know, Netflix has done some of their Stranger Things season drops, like the first half of a season second half of the season. And this would be a season one, season two sort of deal, but the same concept there. Um, yeah. I, I can also kind of see like they are planting them some seeds of like universe building, if you will. Like they keep talking about the colonization and people are really unhappy in the colonies and like there's mm-hmm, got to be mm-hmm. more going on to the column and what's going on there. You know, QTA, we really know nothing about them other than they're this evil quote evil tech corporation right. headed by Milan and it was very good to see uh Milan again or the AI Milan because he's one of the best characters keeping me coming back for more in that whole storyline but yeah it's just a lot of questions Jimmy lots of questions it is, it is. I want to give props to cinema fiend 227 on Instagram they're the one that DM'd us and let us know that it's been shot and then it's been all over twitter in the last couple days that it was greenlit which great news we've said it a million times lena Headey signed on for the show she must have saw the script and said let's go so i'm not putting it down or anything it's just very tough as a podcaster as a person who is very into what they're watching to just put their time into a full season of television and then really not get anything i mean i thought that Episode 6, giving us the reveal with Parson being Aster was going to be the start of all these questions getting answered for us. And really, 7 and 8 just went like, whoop, let's just start adding some more questions. You know, it's just very, very, very frustrating. I would agree with that. I'm sorry, I was kind of Googling in the background. A quick Google search did say April 2024 is when season two will be dropping. So it does oh, okay. seem like so a then quick release. The, that's good then. So four I months, agree. I'm all right. I can wait four months. Absolutely. And we'll be here to cover it. We will be. We will be. We'll be here to let you know if these answers are satisfying enough to wait four months. I mean, that's really good to hear because if it was a year or more, whew, I would not be down with that. Yeah. So 
how do we want to tackle this? We were saying we might not want to go like chronologically. Um, do you have any way you I want mean, to like approach honestly, this thing? Or just kind I of talk that, about how it goes down? Yeah, I think that just going through these two episodes, just talking about how we feel about certain things is fine. Just because a lot happens, but not a lot. It's a weird combination of you're all, you're in the beacon this entire time. And like we said, there's not a lot of answers being given. So there's things we could talk about per character maybe so yeah i guess we could just start from all right we got some introductions to again some new characters okay we have we have another weirdo who part of his body can interact with tech where you weren't podcasting with me when the records Mm -hmm. came in in episode two but the guy had like the cord coming out of his body that hooked up into the similar thing yeah what were your guys thoughts on him because I th- it's similar technology right right when i first saw him i was like oh he's an alien but then we know that there's not aliens there's no such yeah. thing as aliens right now so um i think it was just another piece of tech somehow that's been created i don't know if they gave us some answers to that and i'm letting it be clouded just because i have so many questions about everything else but yeah um well they did say that he kind of made himself this way. He almost apologized to Saldana. He's like, I'm sorry I had to do this. She's like, no, I understand. So I think, yeah, it's just an interface that kind of allows them to hook up directly to technology, specifically AI technology, and kind of manipulate it to their whim. He also, like, uploaded all of the information. So maybe it's, I don't know, it's a cybernetic enhancement, I guess. Yeah, and it obviously hurts because if you go on the subtitles, besides the fact that you can see that the person finishes in pain... You can see in the subtitles, it says, in pain, every other word he's saying. And that makes sense as to why he became, quote unquote, a junkie, as Halen and whoever else calls him. But we get introduced to them, and we got our boy back, Cares back. And we were projecting him to come back. So it was nice to see him. A little bit of a glow up for Kier, too. Yes, a little little bit of a glow up. Glad he's back. We were hoping that these characters from the earlier episodes would be brought back into the season. And yes, Aleph was back and Kier's back. And the son, the kid, is not back. We guessed he may come back, but there's plenty of time for that if there's a season two. The plenty one who was. Time. Yeah, the one who was um, in off. episode two. So I like that Kier was back. The three of them show up on the ship. And he's coming in, like, all-knowing. We met the Messiah. Here's Aster, the Messiah. Yeah. Been waiting to see Aster, waiting to meet her forever. Absolutely. But kind of the the context of this scene is we get the reveal. It opens episode seven. Solomon is the one that took away all of Bart's memories. Right. And we find out that he is unable to access anything before Solomon. That um, was a great reveal. It I was will say a great that. reveal. So I guess that is an answer. Because an last answer. episode, yes. I was like, why is he so ride or die? And I think that was a very satisfactory answer. It was. Maybe it's I, just because it's very early in episode seven. We're talking shit when we probably shouldn't talk full shit. But the overarching theme and mystery has not given you anything. But there has I, been some answers given. Absolutely. And just going back to broad strokes about the episode, I... And the series as a whole, even season one, I have always liked how they portray AI. And that continued Mm -hmm. in these two episodes, the entire kind of downfall of Bart understanding his place as an AI and his eventual, you know, death by suicide. It was very 
giving this AI a very human feel, and it was it yes. was much appreciated. Yes, it was very interesting. So the fact that we got that answer for Salman was really cool. So Salman, bad dude, he deletes mm-hmm. our boy. Now, this is exactly why we were wondering what the changes in Bart were. Why, all of a sudden, does he just hate Helen, love Solomon, not rational anymore, when we saw the prior versions of Bart were pretty rational and yep. thinking for himself and whether you want to say making the right decisions or not, especially when it comes to Milan and killing him and things like that. But at least he seemed quote unquote rational. We couldn't figure out why he hated Halen and loved Solomon so much. So that reveal mm-hmm. was great. He had his entire memory erased. And that answers another question as to why he didn't recognize, recognize Aster or, or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. As an AI, you don't know exactly how it works, but, I mean, Aster doesn't look like young Parsum, so maybe that could have been the answer. But, you know, they can, like, process data and analyze the person and stuff. He would have recognized. An AI would have known this is an answer for that. It fills in that blank. Uh, I do also want to say that in that Solomon flashback, we do get confirmation that Farut was caught by the authorities. So Aster's father uh there he was not caught with obviously aster slash parsim or the mother grisha right and later aster says something to halen like i'm never gonna be that person that says don't go yes Mm -hmm. my mother couldn't make me say it and neither can you so those are really the only time she or her parents come up this episode dad got caught Mm -hmm. mama left yes yes Couple answers, couple, couple answers. answers, man. Little answers, little answers that <laughs> they'll keep me going for four months. Maybe not for a year, but four months. Yeah, I'm okay. Just don't delay the the release of season two on me. Hey, for sure. A- April 2024 sounds like. I hope those rumors are true. Me too. Uh, while we're on the topic of Aster, kind of her storyline going on in episode seven and eight is that her memories are starting to come back, which is mm-hmm. why. When they find out that Bart can't access his memories, Aster kind of starts being like, no, we used to be friends, don't you remember? So, like, kind of these whole two episodes, she kind of seems to have some of the answers from the artifact already in her back pocket, and some of these memories are coming back to her. Yeah, so I have to assume that now that she's seen the artifact again, like you said... It's flooding back in pieces. She starts to realize, like, oh, look, I gave the nick to the droid version of Bard, and I did this, and he was my Mm -hmm. friend, and you were a good person. And Bard's saying, I don't remember anything you're saying. I think you're lying. You know, he is pretty defensive and doesn't realize at all that he had his memory deleted until they start probing a little bit more via harm, via Aster pushing the subject a little bit more. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is where the problem starts to come in for Bart, because then Bart starts to realize Solomon was a bad dude. He has no core memories anymore. He's only basically him as a, if you want to say person, him as a thing was deleted pretty much. His core was deleted and he's only on one track, the track that Solomon placed in him. And he realizes that this is not how he wants to quote unquote live. Well, and that's, even contradictory because he's saying I am incapable of change. I don't want to live anymore. But him being able to say that and understand that, you know, he 
would rather be who he previously was and right. being able to reject what Solomon made him is like, dude, you can change. You're showing it right now. Also kind of the the card flip with Halen when Halen eventually leaves in the picker to check out the Amboina. He's like, sorry, bro. Solomon was the bad guy and you were never actually a bad guy. I right. literally cannot open this door for you, but here's how you trigger the alarm to open the door. And that's another way of him like going around his program. How they approach these AI topics is very, very interesting. Yes, it is. I do agree with you. I think one of the best parts of this entire show is the AI. And hey, we had some problems with Bart. The flashbacks, he was cool, but then he was a little bit of a D-bag throughout the, the present day, if that's how you want to say it, when it comes to Halen and Aster. But I got a little bit of feels when he said, like, we could have been good friends as Halen's leaving. I mean, it was, sure. a, it was a shame. I think that especially when you have the episode with Bart and young Parsom and all the episodes where he seems like he's that evolved AI that is more than just, like, harm herself throughout this episode kind of admits like hey i'm loyal to you aster you're my girl but there's certain things that i'm just not gonna do but we know that bart somehow transcended that and was making his own decisions and he loved sophie he loved parsum he decided to kill olive he was different and i I don't know if he's gone forever, but that's a shame. I mean, it's funny how this 180 happened because I really thought he was a bad guy. And then I feel bad that he's gone now. Absolutely. I mean, I guess now that we know the full story, he was always either a good guy or a victim to Solomon's devious actions. I also mm -hmm. want to say that Farut, so the father, was the one that ratted out on Bart because Solomon said, oh, I heard that you were abetting them. The dad, you know, sung that tale, as right, Littlefinger right. would say. Um, yes. <laughs> the little birds. <laughs> yes, the little birds. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that Harmony has also exhibited signs of being able to circumvent her mm -hmm, mm -hmm. authority of Aleph when she kind of let Finch and Saldana go. Yes. Uh, I guess that's in episode eight, but Harmony, most likely because of her brief exposure to Bart, is learning on her own and kind of showing those same signs. Yes, I think that Harmony didn't realize she could do that until she met someone like Bart. You yep. can tell that she said what she said to Aster because she thought that was true, mm -hmm. but if push came to shove, she probably would have, if transcend is the right word, like evolved and went with her girl instead of Olive, even though she thought it wouldn't be possible. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess they make that decision for her when they make the deal with Olive. You know, Harmony going in is part mm -hmm. of their deal. So it never really came to that. But I agree. I think she would, given what we know about the character, side with Aster in that situation. Yeah. So Kier is a big part of this two episodes the other two characters no offense like they did fine but uh, they don't really mean much to me to where to the point where i don't need to talk about them too much except for the fact that they were just a thorn in the side of our main characters while they were dealing with their main plot points for these two episodes is there anything specific about the two of them that you wanted to talk about obviously we'll talk about here but this is two sidekicks no i think i talked about Finch's thing is kind of the interesting yeah. thing that I had some questions about her. No, she was just kind of the 
person putting pressure on things to happen quickly inside the beacon, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of a story driver. But I mean, season two, if we kind of see the home base of the column and what their operations are, I expect her to pop up again and could play a more kind of significant role in the story. But both good characters. Yeah, the only thing that I will say about them is that for two people that were rolling with Kier, they were very not for the religious aspect of the column. I had a question of what you thought the chain of command was, because it seemed like Saldana did have authority over Kier, even though Kier was wearing the robes and stuff, which I immediately was like, oh, he's the boss here. He's got the white robes on. It's almost like he was a preacher of the column or something because he was saying like, I'm not a a violent man, but Mm -hmm. don't push me and things like that. Like it seems like maybe he has authority as the religious portion of the column, but he's not actually someone like Saldana or Finch that militaristically, if that's a good way of saying it, is, is, you know, higher up or so. When he was telling her what to do, she seemed like, yeah, right. And she also (laughs) said, you're not listening to me. So yeah, they were button heads a lot. And you could tell she was hesitant to really like push the subject, like to hurt him or anything again, like maybe because he's the religious person from the column. But I was very Mm -hmm. surprised that he shows up like he's the main guy. These two don't really seem to be following the quasi-religion, as Harm would call it, that, you know, Kier was. Kier was there for one purpose, and he would have risked his life to see that he was there to, to get what Aster had to say from the artifact. The other two, I don't know what they really cared about. Well, to cont- they cared about the column, I think, to contend with that, because when they got the orders, you know, when Olive's mothership showed up, they got orders, make a bomb and blow up yeah. Olive. That is priority number one now. The artifact can take a back seat because clearly he is their main antagonist. And they were right. kind of like, okay, we're willing to die for this cause. Also, uh, to Saldana's credit, she never said, no, that stuff's completely stupid. I don't believe in it. Although she mm-hmm. kind of said, I don't believe in it. She was just like, I'll give you an hour. Then I'm putting a gun to her head and I'll get answers. So right. she was still interested in the answers, but I'm fully with you. They weren't buying in to the faith as much as uh, Kier. Yeah. So Kier was interesting because, I mean, if you want to bring up the end i did not see his ending coming it seemed like he was getting exactly what he wanted but then he (laughs) so i i mean kier's whole thing is he's anti-ai i think he would rather it stay shrouded in mystery than aleph be the one to obtain that information first the information okay. being whatever the artifact has to say so he would rather kill aster and start from square nothing rather than Olaf get the answer and then probably eventually okay. him that so, makes sense so it 100 percent made sense to me but i wasn't expecting it for sure okay so all right that makes sense so if Aster and Halen decided to go in, he would have been down. But the fact that they made the deal with Olive is what made him turn on them. That's correct. Okay. It, okay. It, that's what that I believe. Sense. And that's going back to kind of the original flashback in episode six with Kier. He had that rant that was just like, nah, man, AI's the problem. We keep advancing, 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 advancing. And, you know, what? where is it getting us? We're not human anymore or whatever. Right. 
I think he believes this secret is going to save humanity and the best parts of humanity from his perspective. And if that secret falls to the AI hands, he thinks the AI is the enemy. So we can't let that happen. Yeah, okay. I'm down with that. I like that. So, whew, yeah, we don't have to get to that very, <laughs> very end yet. But a lot of the stuff that he's dealing with throughout this episode is, first of all, he's trying to help Bart. Bart get his memories back, trying to convince Bart that he does have memories, that they know each other. Bart, that he actually does a really cool ruse where he gets into Aster's notes and, and kind of, whether it's fake or not, he does calculate some kind of spot so where cool. he thinks the next one is going to be, which is awesome. It was really cool. And it mm -hmm. blew Aster's mind and it, and it worked. And then he admits to harm. Yeah, I kind of lied. I, I actually don't have any memories, which was another sad moment for the episode because, again, we were hoping he was going to be able to come back. I would have liked to see that Bart back to talk to Aster. Who knows Absolutely. if there's any way to recover him, if we'll see him ever again, but uh, I don't know. But anyway, Kier, after that, he's basically just trying to buy time for Aster. He sees the artifact a few times. He sees Aster interact. He thinks she's getting closer and closer and closer. And then we get to the end with him. So there's not too much with him until the end, but basically the moral of the story is this guy believes in Aster. He believes that she can communicate. He's been waiting forever, and he's not going to let anything get in the way. And now I love what you were saying, and I agree that Olive showing up was endgame for him. He was not happy with the deal that they made. Yep, and I'll tell you what. I don't think the artifact wants to be discovered by AI. That's why I think it literally cannot be observed by AI. Right. And I think we're starting to get into the episode eight plot and where Aleph starts having some conversations. He uses the term, it bedevils me that I cannot see this thing in my AI form. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It doesn't want to be seen. Right, right. And that's going to be interesting once season two comes and what would happen when they bring harm into this artifact if it doesn't want to interact with ai mm -hmm. we could that could be the end of harm like we may have season two start where aster has to deal with the fact that she lost harm because she didn't realize that the artifact does not want her the ai to be interacting with it that would be a big twist if it like deletes harmony or something and just obliterates her from existence but i think it's more likely it just prohibits harmony from ever enter entering the artifact harmony tries to enter and just reappears on the beacon or something right. like that right um which would then foil olive's plan of trying to have eyes on the inside as it were yeah so halen's story is also interesting for this episode because as always he's got ride or die for his girl now a lot of these episodes we were talking about, it started with me and Kyle, and then me and you were also talking about it a little bit, and we weren't fully getting the ride or die, unless it's being influenced by the artifact. But as soon as Aster meets Halen, she's just basically like, we're destined. And they actually make a joke about that. And when Halen yeah. says, like, you've been talking about destiny since the moment I met you. <laughs> but me and Kyle were saying, like, is there romantic relationships? Is there something there? Is it just a deep friendship? Is it literally destiny based on the artifact? This episode, I was getting a little romantic feelings coming. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell. More so these episodes than anything else. I mean, right. episode seven, the first time we see them is like sleeping in bed together, taking turns observing the artifact. So they're 
come in heavy with those undertones. And I think it neither of them said anything specifically lovey dovey, but I think people antagonizing them were like, oh, you went at, like Saldana was like, yeah, your girl sprung you or something like yeah. that. So we're being led to believe it. Um, right now, it feels like it's kind of just destinies intertwined. I'm not sure if they feel that way mm -hmm. i don't feel that chemistry a hundred percent i don't but there well, is that's, some that's chemistry. the point that's the point of where i was going this entire season i don't know if i necessarily bought their chemistry and not the chemistry with the two actors together on screen i thought they were great but my chemistry is the ride or die unless the answer is going to be that the artifact actually was influencing their chemistry because these two are strangers, and all of a sudden they're just like, oh, no matter what, I got your back. And I know they've been through a lot by episode eight, but still. I think, number one, there is probably a lot of time off camera of bonding. They're just yeah, alone on a beacon, I mean, so they can on only a show so yeah. much. But I completely agree. And for me, it's unbelievable because it seems like Halen took such a heel turn like he was actively an antagonist in the first four or so episodes and now mm -hmm. they're just thick as thieves i yes. agree it's it's bizarre it hasn't been the entire season if i'm being honest the first four episodes feel like they could have been an entirely different series and now this like second half of this season is so just different the storylines around the artifact are different they used to just be like a geologist collecting space rocks and now it's like a sentient rock thing I, it's a very different season but yeah so is their chemistry now that you're saying that too i just don't get all like they totally stopped and i get that the rocks are now the relics are now the artifacts so they're different but they totally stopped halen's hallucinations the whole thing with the rock talking to him in the new york accent all that kind of stuff. They didn't even bring up the fact that his brain is different again. It just seems like I don't really fully understand where they're going unless they basically just want to explain to us that now it's the artifact that got what it wanted, so it's not going to make Halen hallucinate anymore. Well, Aster kind of alludes to Halen is special in some capacity when she's talking to Olive. I forget exactly what she says, but it's like I, I've already seen Halen in there. Like he's unique. Right. To because he did do the spores so like he's chosen the artifact has chosen him and 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 we can talk about this really quick so obviously halen he has his purpose throughout the episodes at least in the beginning it's protect aster get them both away deal with these intruders but then it turns into i'm gonna go to my ship and i'm leaving and he gets to his ship which magically shows up which Again, destiny, I guess, but it magically shows up with no pilot. It's just empty. Well, we think it's empty. It's it's a dead Solomon in there, which yeah. we would assume has to be in there. But he gets in there, he finds the rock, releases the last rock, and then kills all the cutters. So he has a purpose. The question is, was he influenced that entire time by the artifact, his motions, I'm in the beacon, I'm going to my ship, there's that last piece we're waiting for, release it, get rid of the cutters, come back on, do what I need to do. Is that entire thing influenced by the artifact? Because it's the destiny of him and Aster. You know, I guess that's the question. Um, 
if I'm being honest, this is the first time I was like, why the hell is he throwing that rock out? Yes, of course, the artifact is still trying to pull in that last piece or last right. relic, if you will. Um, I want to say no, he wasn't completely under its influence for that whole time. He was showing signs of just being the real Halen. I think the artifact influenced him as much as it needed to just to get him to the beacon. And mm-hmm, now he mm-hmm. was there when it was able to bring the Amboina back. So he was able to serve that purpose. Okay. Um, and you know, that's another thing that I wanted to bring up is I'm wondering if it's like, well, I guess Halen got selected when he was out on mission, but I'm wondering if there is something special about the setting, the place beacon 23 harmony kind of has this speech. Hey, something about this beacon makes people and ai now alike go crazy i mean mm-hmm, bart's mm-hmm. doing it even i'm going against my programming so i'm wondering if it's not necessarily that aster the person was chosen but the fact that she was like the only human ever to be born on beacon 23 because you know that's prohibited made right. her special like her physical proximity to that region of space and i can't take that theory any further than that but it's something that that popped up in my head i wanted to bring up Okay, I really like that because as far as we know, the artifact isn't anywhere else. Aleph, when he was Milan, only found the research from Avalon, and and as far as he knew, he had to go to Beacon 23 to research it further. So again, as far as we know, the artifact only is around this part of space. So the fact that the artifact is always around that beacon, we've been talking about it even in Episode 6. As we get these flashbacks, it influenced every single person in a certain way, except Grisha. I mean, really, I guess Sophie, too, she seemed kind of, or Sophia, she seemed pretty normal. Um, I don't think she was really influenced. I don't even know if it presented itself to her. I don't believe so. Right. So anyone that it was presented to, though, we talked about the dad, Farouk. He was more so going really hard into his own work, into the calculations, into finding mm-hmm. extraterrestrial life. But Parsum, Avalon, which we'll get into with theories in a little bit, um, Aster now, Halen, the AI, Solomon, all of them seem like they had been influenced, if they were interacting at all with this artifact. And I guess, like, Solomon, yeah, he would have been only interacting with the relics. So, yeah. Yeah, he didn't see the artifacts, but the relics, yeah, even so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think and, that's and really wait, as far actually, as actually we- I I want to say I think Sophia she's the, she's at the beacon when there's still the relics, but she doesn't have any on board, I don't think. I think she's aware that they exist because Bart told her because um when Milan comes in, she says like, "Oh, that's what you want to talk about. I have some of the answers you yep. need if you just ask nicely." But I don't think she has any of the rocks, any of the relics on board, because it's Solomon that goes out and gets them and brings them on board. So maybe that's why she wasn't really influenced. And obviously, there's no artifact at that time because it's blown up. Yeah, that could be an answer. Yeah, I would have to rewatch that, Sophie. Yeah, episode. me too. Yeah. Um. I mean, we could start getting into some of this Aleph stuff, or we could talk about kind of this second series of flashbacks with, you know, young Aster Parsim and Aster adult in this, you know, evening gown. Looking nice and Cersei. Yeah, very nice and Cersei in front of the bright, you know, bright light door. door. Adult Halen in a little fisherman sweater. Mm -hmm, Interesting outfit mm -hmm. choice. Yeah. But, you know, he's there. I... I don't know what this is supposed to be signifying. 
just like when she's younger, we, we finally have Parsum talk, which we talked about how she was really only saying no and saying whatever the gibberish was. And in these flashbacks, she says, why did it stop singing to me? And um, what else does she say? She says, I think hello, she says hello to it. Yeah, yeah she, she says just hello. Says hi. Yeah. So these obviously are flashbacks, but they're also being intertwined with maybe what Olive was saying when he was saying that he, Milan was figuring out that it was his past, his present, and his future. So maybe it was some kind of mixture because obviously Parsons' past had nothing to do with Aster in, in the future and Halen. Is it symbolism? Is it showing or something? It was interesting that Aster does say to Kier, I don't know how to explain what it's saying to me. It's kind yeah. of like just, it's just you have to know, like you wake up from a dream and you understand what you dreamed, but then it's kind of gone. And that's where she sees Halen, so that's how she knows Halen's a part of it. Yep. Even though she felt it before, now she knows because she's seeing him. But it's, no. it's, it's interesting that it was intertwining her past with the kid with Halen and, and adult Aster. No, I like that. I'm glad you brought up Aleph saying, you know, it's his past, present, and future, because that kind of brought it full circle. I completely agree. I think that's just symbolism to show what Aster has been trying to kind of put words to the phenomenon. This is how it's presenting to me. I can't really explain it, but it's it's showing me something. I think this is just their best guess of what Aster is seeing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would like if we saw in this episode Halen seeing something from the artifact. Maybe we'll get that. We've seen well, him hallucinating in general. Yeah. But I would have liked there to be a scene where it seemed more like I'm looking into the artifact and I'm having a similar vision as to what Aster is where he kind of fully buys in because it is hilarious how in episode eight towards the end he's like, nah, we can get out of here. Nah, we can get out of here. And he's like, all right, you know what? Let's go into the artifact. He literally yeah. just seems like he changes at at any moment. And he it's again, it's supposed to show us he trusts Aster and the ride or die. But if he would have seen a vision and been like, all right, I'm in, I get it. That would have been a little bit better for me. Well, maybe, maybe it comes down to the different ways that they were affected. I mean, he only just got the spores and we have been saying that Halen's definitely been chosen. Maybe he was mm -hmm. just the human around when it shot out spores and it you know aster is like the key key that it wants to commune with and like right make moves with maybe it just needed another body to help her along the way because we do know that he was on the beacon for a while before aster showed up you know mm -hmm, making moves mm -hmm. on the artifact's behalf though i digress yeah so let's talk about olive i mean there isn't really too much more to talk about we kind of got a lot of the, the the fine points and we can talk some theories and stuff and what we feel about for season two but olive was awesome i love this actor i think he's great i loved him when he was milan i loved him when he turned into the ai version and i loved how give mgm plus the props i mean the mothership looked cool as shit I yep. love the AI when they appear and disappear, the noise, the, the sound effect. It just is really, really cool. Him showing up, he just seems like the big dog. We guessed that he would be the quote-unquote big bad. And interesting choice, like give him the long hair, and he looks different, obviously. 
he's been around for a long time. Didn't really know that the AI version of him could age or grow hair or whatever, but I guess it's his own choice. I mean, he can do whatever he wants to himself. I think that's up to our interpretation. Is yeah. the AI actually aging like that, or it's probably just him giving the the human illusion that he is yes. aging, even though he is indeed an AI and will never age. And it was just so cool. We guessed it where, yes, he created harm. He created Bart, but he turned himself into an AI. But even though he said he wants everyone to be God and equal, he's above. He is the ultimate AI, exactly how they explained him. He is everywhere all at once. But it was interesting that they said, you could have brought a copy. You could have brought anybody under the ship. But you yourself, you brought your mothership and you to this beacon, what the hell is the reason for it? It's got to be important. So that was very smart on Aster's side. And that's not that really... Was, that was Halen that actually oh, that was brought Halen that, that got up. that? Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. and it, he was like, you look sloppy and you look desperate and you should be neither of those things. And that's how we knew, at the end of the day, Aster is the Trump all card. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can't duplicate whatever she's got going on. And you have to wonder if there's maybe chosen ones throughout eras in time like Avalon was originally the chosen one and she did go into the artifact and then she's gone so now we go into time passes and a child is born and now it's Aster I'm not sure if that's true but I mean it's interesting to think about because Avalon no longer exists and we have to assume she may come back we may see her if we go into the artifact we may see what is on the other side I fully expect to see Avalon again. I'd be mm -hmm. disappointed if we don't. Yes, yes. So, Olive was great in this episode. Him having that mothership. So, are we to assume that if Saldana and um, Finch, could they blew up the beacon and blew up the mothership, they actually destroyed Olive? Well, I mean, I Halen does that... say, like, you brought... He says, you brought yourself. It's right above me at, at my back door. What's the deal? You don't have to do that. And you did. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind of how they they framed it, I would say. Um, I guess an AI that powerful would need, I don't know, a big computational like base to kind of operate out of. But I find mm -hmm. it hard to believe that something like that would ever truly be just like gone out of existence. There would always mm -hmm. be some sort of backup, but that was big freaking shit, man. It was cool. It was <laughs> it ominous was as hell. Cool. It, it was, was cool. it was cool to see. I mean, I'll I'll reiterate again. I loved all of the CGI and graphics and everything for this season. The uh the QTA ships, the cutters looked great too when they were flying in. Um mm -hmm. No, yeah, surprisingly good from MGM+. Plus. I, and we I got to imagine. see our boy Halen finally pilot a ship and start killing some peeps. Yeah, that was nice, too. Took them both out. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's too much more to talk about, except for, obviously, the, the, the big ending where we think a deal is brokered. Harm's gonna come with Halen and Aster. It seems like... Very, very happy ending for Aster. She's getting exactly what she wants. She gets to go mm -hmm. into the artifact. She brings Halen, and she brings Harm, who she finds as a friend. And then all of a sudden, Kier shows up. Aster, she thinks she's having a little conversation with him, saying, I will speak it to whoever needs to be spoken to. And she does say AI, 
which I guess she doesn't really know him well. You have to wonder. She knows the column, and you have to wonder if he was fully against AI outwardly from the column, but she does say, I will communicate it to humans, AI, and, and it's kind of like a dot, 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 and he's like, I'm not going to allow that, and then boom, shoots her. So I'm sorry, you're saying Aster's words were, I'm going to tell it to everybody? She says there's a message, yep. it's gonna, and, I, and don't worry, I'll let everybody know what it is, because she thinks that's what he is wait, waiting for. Mm-hmm. And mm. I think, I mean, I, maybe I need a rewatch, but I swore I saw at the end of the subtitle, like she was about to say AI, like, because she says, I will speak the message to everybody, and it's not like a threat. I, she thinks she's telling Kier what he wants to hear. Right. Interesting. Well, you know, I already gave my theory on the whole thing. I think that's what Kier is afraid of. He cannot let whatever this information is go to AI. So I think mm -hmm. that's consistent with, with what I'm thinking. Yeah, so she gets shot. She's bleeding out. But then we see pretty much the artifact in her eyes, and we get a vision. And the vision, again, is the vision she was seeing earlier. We're back to Halen. We're back to... Cersei Lannister, and <laughs> that's the end, right? There's nothing else. Was there any other thing in the uh, vision that I missed? She, like, Parsim walks over and actually holds her hand, and then I think looks up and says, what is your message? So, I mean... And that's the end, yeah. Maybe Cersei is supposed to be, like, the manifestation of the artifacts, because she seemed to be speaking directly to it. But, yeah, this is, like... This is like penultimate episode cliffhanger yes. sort of stuff. There should be one more episode to be like, and this is what's behind the bright light door. I <sighs> wish that we had direct communication with MGM Plus, <laughs> because if I could ask them, I would hope that their answer would be, hey, listen, we shot season two. It's greenlit. It's coming out in four months. It's not the same as we didn't even shoot it yet. Mm -hmm. And you have to even wait. Usually you don't even get a green light until after the season ends and there's some time in between, like Yellow Jackets and other shows like that, they don't, well, I think Yellow Jackets is a little bit different, but a lot of shows don't get the green light right away and you yep. get that kind of anxiety as a watcher, a viewer, and even the actors and the writers. So to know that there's a green light and it's already shot, I feel a little bit better, but it is a little crazy. I mean, the entire season is setting up what the hell is going on on this beacon? What's up with this artifact? I mean, what the hell is even an artifact? I mean, we don't know anything. There's nothing that we're giving. The only thing that I wanted to ask you is, was it symbolism? One of the scenes where we get big message and one of the first time we're seeing her visions, we get like the robot bullseye from the beacon going into her eye and then like, yep. and then like fading out and zooming in and out with it. Is that supposed to just be cool cinematography or are we supposed to think that this is maybe some kind of ai itself um, well i i mean the only place i can go with this information is you look at what happened with olive when he transcended and became the quantum ai that's kind of how it went down he died he was like no flip the switch do it now and then mm -hmm. he was quote reborn as this ai that could have been kind of a you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, that maybe she is something similar is happening with her. And oh, by the way, there is recently a vacant AI seat on Beacon 23 oh, that she true. could wow. fill, which would be absolutely crazy. That would be um, crazy. 
you know, I can only take that so far, though. That seems like right. a pretty tinfoily theory, but I, I really don't know. You're absolutely right. There was imagery of the beacon in her eye that kind of mm-hmm, faded mm-hmm. into the artifact. So maybe it's similar but different because of the artifact's influence. We'll just have to wait and see. Another question, Jimmy. It is another question. And <laughs> as Aster is bleeding out, Halen is screaming for harm. I'm wondering if Olive had any control over Harm at that point. I mean, we know Harm would just pop back up if she could, but she doesn't. And it's he's screaming for a little bit. I mean, it's not like five minutes or anything, but yeah. it's enough time where I would say, why didn't she pop back up to say, holy shit, Aster, you okay? Um, I'm wondering if we'll find out that she's being tied by Olive after those two leave together. Um, nothing really... Yeah. crazy for you to comment on but i just wanted to talk about it really quick well uh, olive had a like villainous line to harmony where he said oh i have a lot about the artifact to learn from you alluding to hey you spent a lot of time with aster i need mm-hmm. to learn everything about that after that scene is when she kind of decided to free soldana and finch so i it why I'm bringing this up is it seems like Olive from this point on might have a very close eye on Harmony and her mm-hmm. whereabouts, if not just take her fully off of Beacon 23 and back to the mothership, especially now that Aster isn't around to honor the deal that they just made. He's probably going to be like, OK, I'll take Harmony back and, you know, get whatever information I can out of her. So are you assuming at this moment that Aster's physical body is going to die leading into season two. And that we'll get Lena Headey as whatever's on the other side of the artifact or as, again, like you said, a quantum AI or or just an AI on the beacon. Or do you think they're somehow going to save her? I mean, she bled out quick as hell. I was going to say, like, that is a fatal injury. Now, we're in the future, so I don't know if there's a stim pack that episode one, it's all going to be fine, but... that seems like they want us to think she, her physical body is dead. So that's yeah. how I'm that's, thinking it. I mean, that's interesting, especially as it being Lena Headey, the main character. That's very interesting. Obviously, well, she's not gone. We'll get we'll get her somewhere else as another version sure. of Aster. But very interesting choice. I mean, I was talking some shit in the beginning of this episode. I th- I'm. When I say this show, you shouldn't watch it if there's no season two, I fully, fully agree with what I said. I will back that up. I will die on that mountain. It's just like 1899. It's a shame. But if you don't get answers, why even watch? But it's a lot of stuff, interesting stuff to talk about. It is an interesting show. I wouldn't go that far as to say... I, I would never recommend it because I, I, I've i been saying it on my yeah, three episodes. It's a very yeah. interesting mm-hmm. commentary on the AI. But no, this is not a self-contained start, middle, and end satisfactory season of television. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, there are some mm-hmm. story arcs that last about a season and you go on to the next one and it's a new thing. This is not one of those things. So you don't right. get satisfying answers as we have been beating that horse this entire Mm -hmm, recording mm -hmm. but there is a lot to like here um and we could look back in hindsight two seasons down the road and be like you know what it was a slow burn in the beginning but wow they set up a really great universe in those first eight episodes and you know now we're in a much better place 
I mean, the sky's the limit, and you can do whatever you want with this. I mean, go into the artifact, and it's a whole other world. Go and expand the world that we already started to know this season. There's just a million ways it can go, and like you said, depending on what their plan is for this story, two, three, four, five, six seasons, whatever it is, I mean, they have so much to work with, and they can just go. Um, I have a feeling that I might read the books quickly, since they're short stories, before we talk to Hugh, just because I want to be able to say, damn, that's pretty different. Or yeah. like, oh, that was cool. Like, I saw that. And I, you know, um, I feel like that would be okay just because he said it's so different. And I don't think it would really give us any spoilers. I'm going to mm-hmm. do a little research before I actually pull the trigger on that. But um, yeah, I mean, I have a feeling we won't talk to Hugh until a little bit later just because it's obviously the holidays and who knows when he's available. So right. I'll have a little bit of time to maybe read if it seems like it's a good idea based on a little bit of research that I'll do after this. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So anything else? I mean, any, any theories about what you'll see in the artifact? I mean, I don't really have anything. Yeah. It could be anything. (laughs) I, I mean, maybe it's, maybe you go into the artifact and it's the game of Thrones world. Maybe it's Westeros, man. We see Cersei Lannister. She turned into Cersei and it's just season one of game of Thrones or something. The only thing is, I think here, either this episode or maybe episode six said, I know the artifact has presented itself in this reality. Or mm-hmm. Do you remember him okay. saying like it's phasing in and out of reality? So it could be like a multiverse thing. It's going to a different reality, which could get us into another OA Aster. territory or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Another um, Aster, like it could be Lena Headey's back, but yeah. not the version we just met in season one. Yeah, so it's, I I mean, everybody keeps saying it was there and then it vanished. Nothing Mm -hmm. can just vanish. There's always a trace. So that would kind of be consistent. It's maybe just that tunnel to a different universe or a different reality, which, you know, multiverses are hot right now, man. Everybody wants to do multiverses. Yeah, I, I... I mean, it's space rocks, dude. They surprised us with a lot of stuff already. I I can't even begin to imagine what's through that door. Dude, I will say, in the one scene where I guess it's technically Harm. Is it Harm or Bart that starts blasting the music to get the the two to be distracted? And then, yeah. I saw in the subtitles, like, rock music is playing, and I was like, mm-hmm. is this going to be some kind of, like, weird joke <laughs> thing where <laughs> where the rock's, like, it's rock music? I'm like, oh, God, where are we going here? I just, no, it that would be, be anything. I don't, I'm not surprised with, about anything now with the show. I would agree, man. I, I yeah. think that's all I got. Me too. All right, guys, we had a blast covering this. We had... One host for four apps. We had another host for the second half of the season. I had a blast with both of you guys. All of our people on Discord who hit us up, we've been having a blast talking to you. Hopefully four months, we'll be back. So this was eight episodes. Again, interesting, frustrating at times, cool. There's a lot of adjectives for this show. And we can't wait to get some answers. We're going to talk to Hugh, see what he can give us. If you're a fan of Silo, we're going to start probing, trying to get some Season 2 Silo stuff too. Because similarly, Silo was already being shot and is pretty much done. And it only was paused for a little bit by the strike. So Silo Season 2 should be coming pretty soon as well. So stay tuned for our interview with Hugh. 
Brian, I know you have to get watching, man. That's I was just gonna say that's got to be my homework. You'll read the uh, the Beacon Twenty Three short stories. I gotta watch season one of yeah, Silo, but you I, guys have I'll, been raving about it. Unlike be, this show, yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear. I'll be texting with you about that. And I mean, hey, this show we didn't really text too much, but you texted me last night, and I and I was like, oh, okay, okay. When you said there's the cliffhanger, so. Well, it was a weird one because I didn't get the first half of this season with you guys. I yeah, which is a rarity when you're on this podcast. I got to binge like the first half, and then right. thank God I did because it really picks up from episode to episode. Um, yeah, man. I mean, there's a lot of questions I want the answers to. There is stuff to talk about, but there's yeah, they're just not giving us the answers. I know. I mean, I will say. This is a good binge show. Once season two comes out, I will be telling every. <laughs> hopefully, maybe I'll wait till we get a little bit of season two to make say. sure it's worth it. But I will be telling people if we get answers in season two and season two is good, binge this show. Get it on Amazon. It's like, if you go on Amazon, it's I think the first episode's free, or you could do like five bucks a month to add is, MGM yep. Plus to it, or you can just get MGM Plus if you have like Comcast or Verizon. Like, it's a good binge show because of the slow burn. So if season two ends up being good and it gives us the answers that we're hoping for, it'll be a fun binge. And I might have to re-binge going into season two because it was slow up to up, week to week. But I liked talking to you about the binge aspect yeah. of the first couple episodes that you got to do. So, um, you know, yeah. I think there is rewatch value for this, especially the first half of this season. Now that we have the information of Bart and Solomon and what actually happened there, that kind of explains all of Bart's behavior. The first four episodes or so. Um, yeah, very we, true. Yeah. And I was saying that I really wanted to rewatch and get everything about what Aster was saying about her mom and dad that I kind mm -hmm. of let in one ear and out the other when it didn't seem as important, but then once we get the episodes with her parents in the past, I was like, oh, man, I wish I clocked that. Mm -hmm. That'll be good for the rewatch value. So, guys, four months. We'll be back. It'll be on the Silo feed. It'll be on the Beacon 23 feed. We'll keep them alive for you guys, and it will be on our Town TV feed, just like everything else. So please hit that subscribe button. We appreciate you guys. If you want to support the pod, all you have to do is hit that subscribe button. If you want to give us a review, hey, we appreciate that too. But this, the subscribe button is what really is how you can support us just because we know that you're friends to the pod now. You, you get all of our episodes. You can find when we come out with a new TV show. And we have so much coming up. I said it all in the intro. We are covering so much now, so much in the very near future, and so much in the past four years or so. So... BingetownTV.com. Type us in on Bingetown TV on any of your favorite podcast apps. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. And thank you so much for listening. Woo! Woo! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.